Hello, everyone. This is Manchester is Burning for January 25th, 2021 from the ATL in Georgia in the USA. We are back with another instant, not so instant in this case, reaction for Manchester City women's team. We're going to talk about two matches today. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be a two-for-one special. It's going to be a two-for-one special today where we get to talk two matches in one podcast, one video cast, it's a bit mad, bit crazy to do. But you know what? That's what we do at Manchester's Burning in the ATL. That's what we do. We put flags in the clay and that we go from there. We have Emma today from the Manchester City Women Fan Cast from Manchester back for a weekly feature on the Manchester City Women's team. Kind of an uneven week, Emma. Uh, we're going to go through the two matches that happened last week. Um, I appreciate you being on. It's all right. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you so much. And then um, but we want to. I want to talk with you about the, the couple of matches last week. Well, I want to start off with probably what I, if, if I were a neutral, probably one of the best women's matches or women's club matches that I've seen in quite a while in terms of everything you could possibly ask for in a match of football was played out on that Wednesday night in Manchester in the very bitter, cold it rain. Was bitter. It was <laughs> brutal. I, I mean, absolutely awful. brutal. The lighting was brutal. The weather was brutal. I mean, it was, and you, but the thing that is, I, I don't know about you, Emma, and I want you to talk about your reaction to that match. It had everything. I mean, had two extremely good teams playing for everything. I know it was a quarterfinal, but you had two rival teams in the top three, four in the league. And just, you know, dare I say, uh, maybe I'm wrong by saying this, kind of basically duking it out, going back and forth. Both played their typical games and they play their hearts out. And it was, it was unfortunate that someone has to go home, you know, and someone has to win and someone has to lose. Um, because at the end of the day, I mean, Chelsea did win in extra time four to two, but uh, what was your reaction at, at that match uh, for city, even though they, they did um, lose that one to Chelsea. Yeah, I mean it's it's obviously disappointing to go out. It's a cup game, you know. You wanna you wanna go all the way in these competitions, but you know we we lost to to the better side at the end of the day. Chelsea really mm. showed their quality on the night, and we just didn't have enough uh, to really go all the way. And they shown their quality too. I mean, some of the goals that Chelsea scored, they were sensational. I mean, I think even any City fan will tell you that you know, the quality in Chelsea's goals was just sensational. So, you know, Chelsea City, it's one of them fixtures now, you know, it comes up and you're always guaranteed to get a really good game. And that's just what it was, you know, end-to-end stuff, like you said, two teams really going at it, fought really hard in torrential conditions. And, you know, it's credit to every single player out on that pitch on that night, because like I said, the conditions were just typical Manchester, but with added mm-hmm. extra cold and freezing <laughs> It was awful. Uh, so, yeah, I think they all found it at the end of the day, and I think they were pleased when the final whistle did go. Mm. And um, 
did City play the, their typical match against Chelsea? Did they make any changes just from a tactical perspective against Chelsea, given the type of opponent that they were facing? I think it, it took City uh, a while to go into the game, um, mm-hmm. to be honest. Uh, City, uh, Chelsea, sorry, were quite direct. You know, Sam Kerr posed, you know, a big threat, um, but, you know, thankfully wasn't really able to convert some of those early chances that they had. Um, it's always an open going game, though, with City and Chelsea, you know, a little bit different to what we usually see, um, you know, for everything that Chelsea were doing, City were trying to counteract it and any equal, you know, equally the same with Chelsea, anything that we did do, you know, Chelsea were, you know, giving us good as really. Possession-wise, I think we we moved the ball really well. Uh, we had good possession, but like I said, that took us a while to, to know, to, mm-hmm. to get our rhythm, to find our rhythm in the game. Um, I was just really pleased with the performance on the night. Like you said, I think both teams showed their, um, you know, that they're two two of the best teams in the country. Um, and just again, how much City have really progressed in terms of from, you know, the start of the season where we faced them in the, the Community Shield to, to now really to show that, you know, even in a cup game, you know, we are a threat to Chelsea. You know, we mm-hmm. can on our day give a really good account of ourselves and, I was really proud of the team on the, on the night. Like you said, it was, you know, there were a lot of, you know, going into the game, you know, we were obviously coming off the back of that, that big win away, uh, that big win against Villa. But, you know, we were under no illusion that, you know, it wasn't going to be a tough game. You know, I think because we'd had, you know, the injury worries as well, we weren't too sure who we were going to see in the squad. Um, but performance wise, I, I just think it was a fantastic night. I'm glad, Emma, that you brought up the Community Shield match uh, because I, rem- I that reminded me of that match and and where City was in that match versus what we all saw on Wednesday night. Uh, I, it almost seemed like two different teams, to be honest, uh, because it seemed like to me that, that Chelsea kind of had their way in the Community Shield match, and it was not the case um, this time. It was a different, it was a different, almost, dare I say, night and day. It was literally, one game was at night and one day was a day. But but <laughs> it was, a you know, it was two different squads almost. Um, maybe the same, you know, relatively the same personnel. But the team's spirit and attitude and and, and form were different uh, in that match. But the thing that can't, I walked away with from Chelsea was, I was like, okay, so Sam Kerr has been struggling. Her form has not been really that strong recently. You notice that in the United game. Again, you notice that in the City match. Um, but then you have Fran Kirby, uh, who, you know, is, is probably maybe at one step better at this point in time in her form. And I was like, okay. But then I was like, these goals are coming from people I've never heard of, like out of nowhere. You know, just glorious moments of brilliant goals. And I was like, oh my gosh, another one, you know, and another weapon. They just throw them all out there. It seemed to me, and, and I don't know about you, you can tell me, but it seemed to me that, that Chelsea's aim was to strike and strike early and to really put City off their, you know, off their game from the start, you know, that they did not want City to start their rolling sort of possession movement and things like that by just, we're just going to attack, we're going to counter, we're going to try to get the ball from, from City and try to strike early. Once that kind of 
you know, kind of started and kind of got fended off to a degree, then, you know, they kind of went back to their normal, you know, typical game. Was that kind of how you saw the beginning of that match? Yeah, I mean, I kind of felt as though um, it, it was for either team, I think it was, but you, you know, when your opportunity comes, you've got to take it kind of thing. And I think obviously Chelsea did that. Um, you know, they'd have been happy heading into the break with the lead. Um, but I never felt like City couldn't come back into the game. You know, we've seen it before in, in other games against Chelsea. You know, either team can go ahead, but you still obviously <laughs> got to know that at any moment, you know, someone can just produce a, a moment of quality and, um, you know, find the equaliser or find the, the goal to take the te- any team into the lead. So, you know, you kind of always feel that with Chelsea. I mean, I think it was a massive surprise not to see um, Frank Hervey, uh, really, you know, looking at the sheet because she'd been obviously such a fantastic informed player for Chelsea. It was probably, like you said, quite surprising really not to see her. But, you know, I think Sam Kerr, it's a difficult one with Sam Kerr because... Uh, watching her play uh, on Wednesday night, you know, you, she's so, she is creative, you know, she is a creative player. And I think she almost plays a different role to that of what, you know, perhaps fans have seen of her where, you know, oh, it's Sam Kerr, you know, she's she's the goal scorer. She's going to okay. go out and she's gonna score the goals, you know. Um, you, I, I almost feel like she, Emma Hayes is, is getting something different out of her this season. Um, and to be fair, I did think she had a good game, but for whatever reason, like you said, when those chances come along for Sam Kerr, she just can't find that final finish. And it's it is quite surprising to a player of that quality, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, it certainly was for me in watching uh, Sam Kerr play throughout, and and I agree that that it appears that um, that you know, given the situation Emma Hayes is trying to get a little bit more to get a little bit different get more diversity in her in her game that she's able to to not only be just a goal scorer be able to be uh, someone who facilitates the play facilitates um, you know shot creating opportunities um, and so forth uh, from the city side who were the standouts for you on the city end in that match uh, it, I see, it, see, every time I have a conversation about this, I always seem to be saying the same players every week. I think Lauren Hemp again had a fantastic game. Chloe Kelly, uh, fantastic. You know, I think two really young players within the squad that are really, really showing uh, how integral they are and then how important they are to the team. Uh, so creative, so direct. Uh, and just fantastic. And obviously they were rewarded with their, um, you know, in the game as well for their efforts. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's always fantastic to see, uh, you know, if this had been a league game and, you know, it was a, it finished a two all draw, I'd have been so happy with, mm-hmm. you know, the way City had come back into the game. Um, I think even in the, in the last moments of the game where, you know, Lauren scored that goal, I, even then I, I wasn't, um, you know, <laughs> the sense of joy and relief was incredible, but I still never thought this is our game. You know, this is it done and dusted. Okay. I always felt that Chelsea, you know, have got that quality to find their way into the get back into the game. And, and lo and behold, they did. Uh, and such quality as well through uh, Charles. It was a fantastic goal. 
you already answered my next question uh, in terms of, uh, you know, you know, city goes up late to one uh, on that hemp goal, you know, and, and as you said, I, I had this feeling like, you know, there was, there was like, I think a moment when they were, the team was celebrating, there was a moment of like euphoria, like, oh my gosh, we're up two to one, <laughs> you know, and there's only six minutes left. And now, but then on the other side, it was like, oh, there's six minutes left. <laughs> and, they <laughs> were the long, and they were the longest six minutes ever. Right. I can't tell right. you. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, we were just outdone. And I think when the, uh, when the goals came in, in extra time as well, I just kind of felt like, even then that we we were just really outdone by you know mm -hmm. a quality Chelsea side and sometimes you just have to just mm -hmm. think well the better side won and that's just exactly what happened you know so City lost to them in the league also is that correct also three to one at at, yeah. at Chelsea earlier in the season was there was there even a difference from the community shield to that match to this one in sort of progression as you were talking about earlier um in terms of progression I think I think these last couple of months for City um it's it's really started to come into into place you know in terms of squad that cohesive mm -hmm. squad um that you know we're looking for you know, we, we have had a lot of changes. You know, I think it's a big season for City. You know, we've had Nick Cushing as a manager for City for, you know, for six years. You know, um, he's led the team to, you know, to trophy success, six six trophies under Nick Cushing. So, you know, it, it's a big change to go from a, a new manager to new players uh, to, you know, a new manager integrating his system and what he wants from the team. And I feel... Maybe, maybe at the beginning of the season, we were almost too optimistic to think that this guy was going to come in and we were just going to kind of carry on as we were sort of riding that wave, if you like. Um, you know, I never, I would never rule City out in terms of, you know, not being able to, to go all the way and, you know, perform and get the results. But it has taken us a while, even with like the quality that we've brought in with the likes of, you know, Sam Mewis, Rose Laval. Lucy Bronze coming back into the squad, um, Alex Greenwood, you know, big signings that we've made over the summer um, and, and getting those players to, to integrate and, and bed in, really. You know, Chloe Kelly is just a prime example, though, of one player that has just come in and just hit the ground running from the off. Um, but I just think it's stuck other players a little bit longer, but now we're sort of seeing that come to fruition. I, I think that's a beautiful point because... We had all these incoming players that are coming in, trying to integrate them into the squad. You had a longtime coach manager who was was moving on uh, to you know bigger and better things happens. Bring in somebody you know um, still within the the Manchester City system, you know U18 coach, but that's a lot of changes. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of changes, a lot of, you know, amongst the team, amongst who the manager is, uh, and there are a lot of, I mean, dare I say it's a cliche, but I'm sure there, there had to be a lot of team building that had to happen, you yeah. know, amongst like the manager with the players, but, right, you know, <laughs> you know, um, and so forth. And then you're still in the midst of, of trying to do this team building. 
with a pandemic, with a lockdown, um, and and everything that has come with it, it it, it probably would would have been more shocking if Manchester City came right out of the gate, blowed everyone away from the start, you know, um, you know. But now you see, uh, and you're mentioning, and we're going to move on to the in a moment to the to the game yesterday with Brighton, where things are beginning to start really clicking. Um, and so forth. And, and it seems to me, and you can probably speak better of this than I can, it does speak to the professionalism of the players themselves being able to click together and work together as a team, but also for Gareth himself, you know, pulling that team together and sometimes, you know, doing what he needs to do to intervene, but also doing what he needs to do to kind of step aside and step away and allow the players to handle that team building themselves. Uh, which sometimes you have to do as a manager as well. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think it's been really difficult, like you said, because, you know, this season has been anything but normal <laughs> in terms of right. COVID and the pandemic and the impact that that's had. You know, let's not forget that, you know, we talk about things like team building and things like that we wouldn't have had the opportunity to be able to do anything like that because, you know, we're on lockdown. So everything is so different. Um, you know, especially, you know, at the beginning of the season, um, well, with the end of the season and, you know, that timeout that the players did have, they were away from the game from a really long time. So, you know, when these players are coming back, you know, they're obviously managing their fitness as well. And, you know, there was also that factor that obviously came into play at the beginning of the season as well, because, you know, these players haven't played as much football, you know, they've not had as much time as, you know, to prepare together because because of lockdown, because of obviously the, the restrictions that that's imposed on, on the team as well. So, you know, there's been a lot of mitigating factors. And I think, you know, we're now we're seeing the the benefits of of time and progression and and having those opportunities. You know, because I feel like now we're halfway through the season, we've got enough games under our belts. You know, we've learned about each other, strengths and weaknesses. You know, we've gone away, we've looked at the things that you know we've not done so well and and worked on those. And I think we're really starting to see that now in the in the football that City are playing as well. Before we leave the Chelsea match on Wednesday, anyone on any any player that you were disappointed in their performance on Wednesday? No, I, I can't really criticize anybody because I think just because of, of the game and, you know, the intensity of it, um, you know, 120 minutes is a big ask on a cold night in Manchester. And, and I think everybody, play, Chelsea players included, left it out on the pitch on Wednesday night. And, you know, I think, like you said, for the neutral fan, it was a, a really good um, end-to-end entertaining game. And I think that's that's all you really want from a game of football, you know, especially in a cup game. You know, you want to be entertained. And, and I think it was a really good game. Uh, Defensively, obviously, there were errors there um, that we need to, you know, learn from because we are leaking goals and we could we could potentially do better with that. So it is something we need to look at. But then we look at look at Sunday again, you know, an, another high scoring game, and it's hard to to critique the side when they've bounced back with a really big win. Um, you know, when they've they've 
you know, not had as much time in terms of uh, recovery uh, because, you know, not only have they had like a short time to recover and rest and recover, but they've had to do a lot of traveling down to the West right. Coast. As well. So, yeah, it's it's a tough one, but really pleased. So I think I lost my train of thought, but a little bit. But y'all out there, I want to tell you this. Get the FA player. You can download it on I, i'm i'm guessing it's also on google play or whatever i don't do google but okay but you know but download the fa player download that sucker because that means in the u.s you that's for free and you can watch these women's matches for free on there okay you can watch them live you can watch archive matches and so forth so i watch this city match in parts because you know i'm incredibly busy yeah, forgive me. Um, but I watched this match and I was and I, I got was able to just sit down, relax as a neutral, watch this match. This Chelsea match, this Chelsea match was absolutely awesome to watch. Just the talent on display, putting everything out there, back and forth, style of play. It wasn't a slow, dour grind of just defensive madness. You know, it was just, I mean, it was very well played on both sides. And I think Emma, you're right. There's, you can't really look at, you know, I, you know, you really can't really look at a couple of players on city squads or even Chelsea squad and say, Oh, well, that, she had a bad game. You know, I think, I mean, everyone put everything out there on the line. I think that's all you can ask for. And whether or not you're a city fan or a Chelsea fan or a neutral, you had to, if you watch this match, y'all, you had to have walked away with a massive appreciation of just just the game itself was was I was ranting and raving in a positive way. Everyone that I could talk to about that match, um, and uh, you know I there, I know y'all you know how you, there are people out there who know how I feel about Chelsea you, you know but put that aside <laughs> you know put that aside for right now um, and so forth. They played a great match. City played a great match too. Someone had to win, someone had to lose. Chelsea what is the better team right now on paper and on the pitch. They're the better team. Uh, but as Emma said, I totally agree. City is definitely progressing. Speaking of progressing, tough, tough turnaround. To go from that brutal 120-minute match in the bitter cold, in the rain, all emotions on the line, everything on the line, and then go to Brighton. I mean, I don't, I don't mean any disrespect for Brighton, but that's a tough turnaround to go from that to Brighton in a whole different situation uh, in a in a league match with not with a huge, uh, well, not huge, but not as much of a turnaround, um, and play that out. What were your thoughts about that match and how it turned out? It was just ended up being a 7-1 city victory. Um, ran out 3-0 three, three fairly early. Um, there were moments, where I, in my opinion, where it was a little bit of a cruise control, but they were, but also some changing around of players just to get them some rest um, and uh, put some other folks out there. Uh, but it ended up being a 7-1 win. What was your reaction, Emma, to that match? Oh, obviously, it's uh, really pleasing to to go out uh, 7-1. But I think um, more than anything, I, we needed a, a response to to the uh, game against Brighton early mm. in the season. Uh, I think it was back in September. Right. 
um you know because that was disappointing for us and we needed to go there and 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 going away to, to brighton is tough anyway um they'd obviously changed uh the the pitch the ground that the game was going to be played at they ended up playing at the uh the training ground the training center uh which is a great facility um as you can see from the fa player you know it's not right. something that right. happen, it looked like a really great facility great pitch and uh, yeah, I, I thought it was uh, fantastic. And, uh, and I think there are a lot of positives to take away from that game. You know, uh, Steph made a 150th appearance in the WSL, which is a, a fantastic milestone for, for somebody who's been such an incredible advocate for the women's game. Um, you know, obviously contributing two goals as well, which something Steph doesn't do that often. So, you know, she'll have been really disappointed probably to go off because she doesn't get substituted either that often. And uh, she could have been on for a hat trick. So <laughs> she'll have been really disappointed with that probably. But yeah, I mean, Caroline, we're back in the squad uh, contributing two goals as well, which is fantastic. Um, Ellie Roebuck was back in goal for us as well. Mm-hmm. So there's two players there that have obviously made their way made their way back to the starting 11 which is also really good to see especially when we're heading into a bit of a you know a, a tough run of games coming up so yeah really really chuffed I think possession wise we were fantastic we had a lot of the ball we were in control the passing and moving was fantastic uh, I think Alex Greenwood she broke a record for most completed passes in the in the WSL I think she'd 158 I think she'd 158 was it mm-hmm. 166 uh attempted so yeah really really pleased for her because again i think alex has gone under the radar a little bit in terms of the contributions that she's made to the team and again it just shows her quality and and you know what a instrumental part of the team she's become as well so yeah really tough obviously disappointed to concede <laughs> because it was a bit of a bit of a sloppy mistake we almost sort of switched off for a little bit a bit of lapse in concentration mm-hmm. and they were able to capitalize capitalize on that but it was a good finish but yeah really really pleased with the goals so numbers are important in this match and and just and, and alex got 181 touches that was the 81 um and but the, i think one of the stats that was the most impressive in terms of was the number of completed passes completed by the entire team was 840. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> 840 <laughs> out of 928, 91% when you have 928 passes. From what I saw was, I think that's the height, that also the 840 number also is a record um, as well um, in terms of the WSL and the number of completed passes. Um, Brighton had 68% passing accuracy for that match. Um, so that shows on both ends, uh, both ends. Manchester City had 1,029 touches to 372 um, for Brighton in that match. Um, it was, a, I, I, I think it was very important to bring up the, bring up the, the, first, the first match between the two uh, because that match actually set up a bunch of questions like, whoa, wait a minute you know, this, okay, we didn't expect City to, to, to struggle in that, fir- that first match and come out with that type of uh, result at the end. So yeah, definitely statement. Also, also probably a statement from Wednesday, like, okay, let's go out and win one, uh, get back on this, uh, the winning train, um, because, because you had 
a seven nil blowout. Then you had Chelsea. Then you got go to go to Brighton and very difficult games coming up uh, on the schedule. So it was very important. City's XG in this match was 3.33. They scored seven goals, which basically says that the surgical precision of the offense was top level. Um, You know, and so, and and City is actually right now second best in the WSL in converting expected goals into actual goals next behind Arsenal. Uh, (laughs) It is Arsenal. Yeah, um, yeah by a wide, mar- wide, wide margin. Yeah, they've had a lot of high scoring games. True. So <laughs> that is true. Yeah, you know I mean, um, but you know, I, I honestly, you know, to go out and get seven goals against Bryson, it probably wasn't expected given the result earlier in the season. You know, we've mm-hmm. got to give Brighton credit, they are a really good side and they can be quite resilient. Um, and and tough to break down, which is obviously what we saw at the academy earlier uh, in the season. But I think for us, um, it was just a fantastic display. Like we literally, yes. couldn't, we literally couldn't have asked for any more from any of the players. Um, you know, it's always like I said, really encouraging to, to have players back in the squad. But to to like to come back in and contribute in the ways that they did as well was fantastic. Um, and, and really couldn't have asked for anything more. I think a lot of people, to be honest, I'm impressed with Ellen White, and I kind of feel like she's almost gone under the radar a little bit in this game. She was so clever, mm-hmm. uh, so tactically clever in that game. I mean, for the first goal, you know, um, that Caroline scored, you know, she literally dummied that and left it for, mm-hmm. for Caroline to finish. Um, and that is so clever to, to have that instinct to know where she is, to, to let the ball run so she can get the finish, just really clever. And uh, I kind of feel that, you know, she deserves a lot of credit as well because she had a really good game for me too. Uh, I was particularly impressed with Chloe. Uh, you know, I, I, and I, my favorite players are players like, like White, who, you know, are very clever, very experienced, you know, and can just sort of read the pitch so well and read the situation so well and have the vision to pull off something creative and very intelligent and so forth instinctually. Uh, But also I like players who are able to be multifaceted. Uh, And Chloe is one of those. And Chloe really showed that in this match, in my opinion. Uh, She did contribute the one goal, but she also contributed to assisting others with her passing, making multiple key passes in the buildup of play, leading to shots and so forth. Right now she's got six goals and six assists overall in the league um you know so far so she contributes in so many different ways um and she showed it again um also um and so i was particularly impressed um yeah and i think that you always want to i think if you're you know if you're a manager you're like you see a 7-1 you're like we we want 7-1 but we gave up that one goal yeah really disappointed to concede that goal really disappointed um wouldn't have been happy with that at all to be fair um but you know we'll carry that forward um into the next game and, and learn from it and and work on it and you know do all that kind of you know tactical analysis and 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 improve on it because you know we need to and this season city have you know, leaked goals, um, which is something, you know, if you can look at last season, we didn't do all that much, you know, defensively, we were pretty sound. So, 
you know, we need to, it's definitely something to work on for City. But interestingly enough though, Emma, so where, how are these leaked goals happening? Because Manchester City is the best in the WSL at not giving up goal opportunities. They give up the least amount of goal opportunities in the league and um, the shots that they do give up, you know, and shots on target they give up are of the lowest expected goals in the league overall per shot on target. So how do these leak goals happen? Uh, usually set pieces. <laughs> <laughs> usually set pieces and, and uh, teams making the most of the opportunities when they come along, um, which is frustrating. Um, but we have really improved on that, um, you know, from this from the beginning of the season. Uh, we seem to be setting up a little bit better and being a little bit more organised on the back and just a bit more tighter. Um, but yeah, the, the goals that have come have, have been very frustrating, to be honest. But, um, you know, I think tactically as well, you know, if they've come off a set piece, you know, Ellie, Ellie Roebuck, you know, has been in goal for the majority of us this season. And, you know, she hasn't got as much height as, as Karen Barsley. Um, so you get a lot of players surrounding her. Um, which has been a bit frustrating this season. And, but we seem to have picked up on that a little bit more now. And in, we seem to, like I said, just be a little bit more tighter and a little bit more organised on the back. So West Ham is up next. Yeah. What's your thoughts about that match coming up next week? Wor- yeah, West Ham, we're worried about that one, to be honest, because uh, we've... <laughs> Oh, we seriously, said, come on, Emma. You, the team has won 7 0 and 7 1. West um, Ham is 10th in the table. No, but I am, I am a bit of a realist. Uh, West okay. Ham, we've struggled. Uh, home advantage, which is great heading into this one for us. Uh, I think it will it, do as well to be at home. So, yeah, uh, West Ham, though, they're uh, a team that can really go out and you know upset anyone on their day. So, you have to be quite mindful of that. Obviously, new manager as well, and we're sort of to get into understand his sort of ideas and and what he can bring. But again, they've they've not had that many games to play since he's come in, so it's hard to make a judgment really on on what mm-hmm. to expect in Sunday's game. Okay, you you sold me on it. Maybe tougher than 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 maybe <laughs> folks realize. But there's seven. no, I mean, there's no way that City's going to go out <laughs> or any team's going to go out and like score 21 goals in three games. I mean, that that's, no, it's, that doesn't happen in the WSL be anymore. No. Um, and so well, that might happen in another league somewhere else, but where that happens, but not not now, uh, be a little bit unexpected. But um, some good points there. So we're still in the tw- the January transfer window. Any news in the transfers coming in or out for City this past week? Um, not uh, transfers coming in. No, it's been a little bit quiet. Not sure if we're looking for anyone at the moment. Um, we've obviously brought in uh, Abby, as you know. Um, looking forward to seeing her um, in the squad. That's really exciting for us. And um, yeah, in terms of outgoings, obviously this week, Jill Scott has gone out on loan to Everton. And what led to her leaving for on loan to Everton, in your opinion? Um, well, obviously, uh, that news was it came as a bit of a, a surprise, a bit of a shock to, to many fans as well, because obviously Jill's been an integral part of the team and been in the team for 
you know, since the relaunch, really, um, back in like, obviously, we celebrated our seven year anniversary. She's been there right since the beginning of that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was uh, really surprising to see a player like Jill uh, go out on loan. But um, she's gone back to Everton, which is a club that she's, um, you know, spent some time at before she came to City. So um, she's gone out, as far as we know, for uh, game time. She's not had limited game time this season. Obviously, she's sort of um, been use, having a bit of rotation with Sam Mewis. And obviously, with Sam Mewis in form, you know, she has become a bit of a first-team pick for for. Gareth Taylor so she's kind of just missed out on on game time and she really wants to put her put herself forward to, for team GB and with that she obviously needs game time so yeah I, the reason behind the move is is really just to get the minutes and and hopefully be selected for that team in for Tokyo totally makes sense with the Olympics coming up and uh then um and then hopefully future World Cups coming up as well. Uh, so it does certainly make sense. And, and when you have such a very strong team with, with a bunch of strong players, um, there are some players who are first team quality players and would be first team every team sheet, every game for other squads when you have a, such a deep squad. So it does make sense for, for that. But it must have been a very difficult decision for her being with the team for so long and, and, and with that type of setup, but, but it's also understandable in the, at the very yeah, end. Of course, you know, I mean, a player like Jill, she, she obviously reluctantly wanted to leave, but, you know, she's thinking about her and she's her future and she's ambitious. She wants to play, you know, she wants to play in big tournaments and, you know, it might, it will probably be a last opportunity to play in the Olympics, you know, an opportunity like that doesn't come along very often and she wants to take it. So I wish her all the best at Everton and it's only a short-term loan, so she'll be back next season and we'll look forward to welcoming her, welcoming her, welcoming her back then. So we have a, y'all, I, I, I'm telling y'all out there, if you want to see a title race, the FAWSL is it. For your title race you have four teams all of which as it stands right now all of which have a very legitimate shot at winning the league in my opinion i don't know if, what emma's opinion is but if you look at right now on the table manchester united is ahead on the table by three points over chelsea by three points right now manchester city is right below Am I right then? Yeah, right below with 24 points, two points from there. And then you have Arsenal in fourth place uh, and Everton in fifth. But when you have the strength of Arsenal, the strength of City, the strength of Chelsea and the burgeoning strength of United at the top, that's a title race. Four teams legitimately vying for a title. Y'all get the FA player, get out of football. This is great stuff that is happening in the FAWSL. Emma, I really thank you so much for being here and, be, and joining us on this ride that we're doing on Manchester's Burning in the ATL and so forth, trying to get everyone here uh, interested in the game uh, over there that you got going on over there. It's really wonderful stuff. It's great. Um, and uh, there's more, uh, definitely more to come because there's some tough matches, big matches ahead. Uh, coming up so Emma I hope that we we continue to see you uh, so you can update us on what is happening at Manchester City moving forward uh, it's a pleasure Emma I really really do appreciate it 
No problem. Thank you. All right, y'all. Programming-wise, coming up, Manchester United, not so instant. Instant match reaction, Manchester United against Liverpool FA Cup. Probably the entire world is listening to this, watching this, knows what happened. I don't need to tell you, but Manchester United did win against Liverpool, three to two, moving moving on. Instant, not so instant match reaction. I tell y'all, I am going to, just to give y'all a hint, going to focus on Mason Greedwood. Why? He scored a goal. Why else? I put out a podcast about him just days before and so forth. So I'm going to bring that up. I'm hoping he returns to form, not just because he plays for United, not just because he plays in Manchester, not because he came from there, but just the man himself and the struggles that he's been through in the last year. And now maybe, hopefully, he's returning to form. We're going to talk about that in the next podcast. Uh, We got others coming up. So many games ahead. So many games ahead on both the men and women's side for both Manchester squads. It's a lot going to happen. Going to keep me incredibly busy and get my hair grayer than it is now and drive everyone in this house insane because of how many recordings of podcasts and videos that I make. But you know what? This is a labor of love. I hope to see you in the future. Um, Emma, again, thank you. Uh, Y'all, look at the light. Know the light is there. Feel the light around you. Also acknowledge it. Acknowledge the darkness is there as well. We talked about that big time in a podcast not too long ago when we talked about Mason Greenwood and about also myself. It was a difficult one to do, but very personal. I hope you go back and listen to it. But also acknowledge that the darkness is there. Do not let the darkness hug you in any way. But if it does, reach out. Reach out for help. Get help. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Manchester Burning is out for today. Have a good one, y'all.